Good morning. Please open your Bibles to John chapter 1, verse 35 to 51 to follow along. Again, that's John chapter 1, verse 35 to 51, as we finish chapter 1 today. John chapter 1. I'll go ahead and start reading, and hopefully you can catch up. And the words may be on the screen for you as well. The next day, again, John was standing, John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cyphus, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of, Nathan- out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel, Jesus answered him. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Thank you for following along with me as we look to God's word this morning. Today we continue in the gospel book of John. And we continue with where we left off last week. Last week we spoke of John the Baptist as a witness and contemplated biblical essentials for a good witness. How do we represent Christ in our everyday life? Well, today we read about Jesus' first disciples. Andrew, John, Simon, named Cyphus, meaning Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. There's so much we could discuss here. But what or whom I want us to focus on today is not the group, not the popular Simon, but Andrew. Yes, Andrew, one of Jesus' first two disciples. And today we focus on being people who bring people to Christ. Let's be people who bring people to Jesus. Bringing people to Jesus. That is what Andrew's life was characterized by. His eagerness to follow Christ combined with his enthusiasm for bringing others to Christ was his character. 
he saw the value for individual people. It was once said that everyone gets 15 minutes of fame. But I do not think this is necessarily true. In today's world, a world with a population of 7.9 billion people, not everyone will make it big, become famous, rich, or a leader in society, popular. When you stop and think about it, the majority of the world is made up of people who never gain international, national, or possibly even local notice. There are plenty of so-called nobodies around, and most of us would fall into that category. Nobodies. John the Baptist, the witness of Christ we looked to last week, would consider himself a nobody as he pointed out the Son of God as the Lamb of God. He did not care about himself. He cared about representing Jesus, setting the stage, preparing the road. Being a nobody does not mean that God will not use you to do amazing things for him and his kingdom. Yes, everyone always speaks of wanting to be a leader or bring up leaders, but some people stay in the background. But again, this does not mean that they are not doing amazing and valuable work. This is what we see in Andrew, one of the first two disciples of Jesus. He was not the leader, not the most popular. He may have been the least known, not the most outspoken or wealthy. He may be considered as a nobody by some. Most of his days may have been in the shadow of his brother Peter. Yet all of Peter's accomplishments come because Andrew brought him to Jesus. Andrew did great work for Jesus, background work for Jesus, and apparently even had a great close relationship with him. Now, before you get offended or upset with me, let me say that being a background worker is not a bad thing at all. It's not. As a matter of fact, where would most people be without the influence of normal, everyday people, people which some may refer to as the nobodies? Influencers need someone to influence. And great influencers were normally once influenced by someone. I read that D.L. Moody, working in a shoe store, had a person challenge him to give all to the Lord. In a shoe store, a timid Sunday school teacher, D.L. Moody would go on to be a great evangelist and do great work for God's kingdom, including starting Moody Bible Institute, Moody College, all because God used one willing individual, a nobody, a timid but convicted Sunday school teacher, to challenge him. I also read of an elderly woman who prayed faithfully for Billy Graham for over 20 years. I'm sure that woman's prayers, by God's purpose and will, made a huge impact in Billy's life and ministry. I believe that you can look to many important, popular, or influential people from both past and present and see someone less popular, less loud, less known in the background, working. Working. There's always someone who had great influence in their lives that no one knows anything about. This morning, I want us to consider nobody from Scripture and the impact that his faithfulness had for God's kingdom. Andrew is first referred to in John 1, 35 to 42, saying, The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked to Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus, and I am sure of it. 
that John the Baptist did not care. In fact, he was excited to be able to present these two of his disciples, his people, his followers to Jesus and say, Behold the Lamb of God. This is the one I've been preparing you for. They followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And notice, Jesus sees all. Jesus knows all. Jesus noticed these two. It's not that they could sneak up on him. It's not that they were hiding behind each and every single little tree as they followed him. Notice also what Jesus says. What are you seeking? Again, Jesus in his omniscience, he knew everything. He knows everything. He knew what they wanted, what they were seeking. But he would make them think about it. What are they seeking? What are we seeking? Where are you staying, they would say. He said to them, come and you will see. Where are you staying? One commentator states that by stating or asking where are you staying, they meant we'd love to spend time with you. That is what we're seeking. We want to know you. We want to follow you. We want to question you. We want to gain from your knowledge and your power and your influence. And he would invite them to come into his presence. Jesus still does this today. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Now notice this, verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cyphus, which means Peter. Notice even here, Andrew is referred to as Simon Peter's brother. He's living in a shadow of his brother. That was how Andrew was usually referred. A brother. Maybe some of you can relate to this. You see, number one, Andrew was a nobody. Andrew was a nobody. But he was a nobody who would do great work for somebody. And that's okay. That's great, in fact. Andrew was not the most popular or famous. Andrew is usually noted as Peter's brother. And he is only mentioned by name in roughly 12 verses. 12 Scripture does not tell us a lot about him. Eight of those verses, he is referred to as Simon Peter's brother. Another thing, he is nearly always mentioned second. In the list of the apostles, he is often in the middle. By some definitions, Andrew wasn't included in Jesus' inner circle either, being Peter, James, and John. Yet this Andrew, he was one of the first two humans to follow Jesus. Of all those who would think may be the leader of the group or the one... <clears throat> of the most important and well-known, you may think it would be the first, Andrew, wouldn't you? But no, he is not well-known. Yet knowing all this, it is also important to see that there is no evidence that Andrew ever got resentful. He just kept following Jesus. He kept working. He was used in amazing ways as a background worker, bringing people to Jesus. Number two, Andrew's claim to fame, bringing people to Jesus. 
bringing people to Jesus. He brought people to Jesus. Despite him working in the background, he did great work for the Lord. He was driven by a passion for Jesus, not popularity. In fact, the first thing we read of Andrew doing after he was introduced to the Savior was to get his brother, Peter, verse 40. What a man. What excitement he shows here in doing so, too. Andrew was greatly excited about finding, following, and knowing Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And Andrew, time and time again, would bring people to Jesus. This all started with Andrew bringing Peter, his brother, to Jesus. This is his claim to fame. He did not just tell Peter about Jesus. He was so excited that he took him to Jesus. Let's look to a couple other examples. When a young boy with five loaves and two small fish came to him, he brought the boy to Jesus. John 6, 5 to 9 tells us the story. Andrew, with his close relationship to the Lord, knew to take this boy to Jesus. Jesus can use this, he thought. No gift is insignificant in the hands of Jesus. How about another example of Andrew's work? In John 12, 21 to 22, when there were some Greeks who were looking for Jesus, it seems Philip didn't know what to do, but Andrew took them to Jesus. Here's the thing. Most of us are not bold leaders. We're not the popular, the rich, and famous. We may never have our five minutes of fame, but we can be like Andrew. And bring people to Jesus. We can be like Andrew and bring people to Jesus. I have news for you. Most people do not come to Jesus as an immediate response to a sermon. They come to Christ, the Messiah, because of the influence of an Andrew, an individual. And this could be you. Number three, we can be like Andrew. Bring people to Jesus. Be an Andrew. By bringing people to Jesus. How do we do this? By seeing an importance, a responsibility of all to evangelize. You don't have to be able to lead groups, to speak to groups. Be an Andrew and do one-on-one ministry. See the importance of sowing seeds. Find ways to do this. Sow seeds. Witnessing was giving out tracts is great. Hand out Bibles. I have a box of them. The Gideons were doing this at the school on Thursday. Know your story. Share your story. Give God the glory. Don't try to answer questions of which only God's word answers properly. Show them the word. Bring people to Jesus in his righteous ways of living, his light, his life. What's the problem here? It's hard. It's awkward. It's intimidating. Yes, many are hesitant. And for many reasons, hesitant, because they don't know all the answers. Hesitance, hesitant, because they don't feel bold enough, wise enough, popular enough. Some simply don't know their way around the Bible. But if we can't witness with confidence, we need to take them to someone who can point them to Jesus. Invite people to church, Sunday school. Vacation Bible school, coached by Christ, youth group, a small group or a cookout or coffee time with a brother or sister in Christ. The disciples and Andrew did not always know all the answers, but they would bring people to the one who did. Jesus. Bring people to Jesus. 
or bring them to where they can hear and learn of Jesus, Jesus Christ. How else can we bring people to Jesus? Let's break this down. One, have a desire for them to be saved. Two, pray for them. Don't you have a desire? Pray for them. Three, tell them what Jesus did for us. Give them your testimony. Four, invite them to a place or an event where they will hear the gospel and learn about Jesus. Remember 1 Corinthians 1, 21. It speaks of how God is pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believed. Even if what you speak sounds like foolishness to you, God loves it and will use it. Remember also, if it is God's will and for his glory, he will speak through you. He'll work through you. And upon the person you're witnessing to. Or inviting. Remember also one more thing. Sometimes you are just sowing seeds, spreading them. And that's okay. God will do the watering. God will bring someone up to water, to care for, and to bring it to maturity. Number six, God can work in anyone's lives. But a person must hear the word and respond to the word to truly be saved. Romans 10, 13 to 14 tells us, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now we know that God in all his power and all his knowledge and all his presence can do just that. But God wants to use you. Number four, church growth. Let's briefly talk church growth here because it does relate. When you look at church growth and especially the universal church growth, the body of Christ Growth is mostly one by one. Yes, we all want to be like Billy Graham or Greg Laurie, leading crusades, great revivals, where mass conversions are happening. But mass conversions are very rare. Mass conversions are rare. Great movements, conversions, lives devoted to the Lord are usually one by one. And by a nobody who is a somebody because they point everyone to Jesus. Growth mostly comes from personal contact or relationships. Few are saved, especially truly life-changingly saved, from television, YouTube, or radio pastors or evangelists. These are great things. But we must not skip over our responsibility To be like Andrew and bring people to Jesus ourselves. Yes, God wants to use you. Will you follow him and bring people to him? Most who are saved in church services are there because they were invited by a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor. And what some may consider, and maybe even themselves may consider, a nobody. Be like Andrew. Don't be afraid to be a nobody who brings somebody to Jesus. Be an Andrew. Start right now, today, and begin inviting people to Jesus in some way. Be persistent. And be persistent with prayer. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us the Lord is 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God desires people to have a relationship with him. He desires them peace, them to have peace, joy, hope, love, a life devoted to him and righteously living in the light and life of Christ Jesus as Lord. Show people Jesus. Show people God's love, hope. There was an attraction to Jesus that day for Andrew and the others. And there still is today too. Don't continue to look back with regrets of all the missed opportunities. But focus on the present and future opportunities of which God places in your life each day. Pray and depend on him. Pray and depend on him. God, in his great grace, gives us continual opportunities to be like Andrew. We may feel like we are nobodies, but look at the souls that were won through the great ministry of Andrew's brother, one whom Andrew brought to Jesus. Andrew. Thousands came to Christ because of Peter's preaching, all because Andrew brought Simon Peter to Jesus. Be like Andrew. He did not simply tell his brother about his encounter. He brought him to have an encounter of his own. He brought him to have an encounter of his own with Jesus. Who is waiting for us to bring them to Jesus? Who is waiting? Be like Andrew. Follow Jesus. Bring people to Jesus. Disciples, true disciples are to be messengers. Call others to come to Jesus. As Revelation 22, 17 says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Perhaps there is someone in here today who needs to come to trust Christ as Lord and as their Savior. Remember Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess today a need for Jesus. Jesus is Lord, the Lamb of God. Jesus asked the disciples to come and see, follow him. And he asked. He extends the same invitation today. Come and see, taste the Lord, that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Find refuge in him today. Plead with Jesus today to forgive you of your sins, your wrongdoings against God and his ways. Follow him as Lord and Savior of your life. Let's close in prayer and song now. Lord, we thank you for your mercy, for your grace. We thank you for bringing up people like Andrew and the other disciples, Jesus' apostles. We thank you for the examples they give to us on how we should live and how we should follow and how we should bring people to you. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.